Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Part two of our week two preview of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. In the NFL, guys, getting off to a fast start can never be uh, overstated or taken for granted, and our beloved have an opportunity to get off to their first 2-0 start in about seven years with a visit from the New York Giants uh, on Sunday. And uh, we're here to wrap up our week two preview with our keys to the game, some news and notes, and the injury report. It's the week two preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So what do you say? Let's get to it. The second week of the 2020 season is our first opportunity to see our beloved Chicago Bears in a fanless soldier field. Thank you so much, COVID-19. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back for part two of our week two preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, part one, of course, is, uh, was our discussion with Ryan Dunleavy uh, of the New York Post, helping us uh, talk about the Giants and, and what went wrong for them week one. Uh, was it what he expected, having been one of the, one of the few uh, that got to watch the Giants all throughout training camp and, uh, and what they did uh, during the uh, preseason? And um, there were some surprises uh, for Ryan. We'll talk about those here uh, in a minute. For anyone who missed the episode, you can go ahead and uh, and download that uh, as well. But uh, for the most part, it was what he was expecting. And then, of course, it was exacerbated by the fact that the Steelers have what is uh, shaping up to be one of the better defense the league has to offer uh, this year. So it could not have been a worse matchup for the Giants to get started uh, their 2020 a campaign and now they have to come on the road and face uh Khalil Mack hopefully uh Robert Quinn Akeem Hicks Roquan Smith and so on uh, of the Chicago Bears and uh, hopefully we can uh further exacerbate what went wrong for the Giants on Monday especially up front uh with their offensive line and uh put uh, Saquon on ice for one more week uh before the Giants figure out how to unleash him on the rest of the uh, NFL. So before we get to that, we're going to go over some uh, some news and notes here uh, uh, real quick. First things first, it's been the basically the major story. On Tuesday, Allen Robinson scrubbed his social media of anything related uh, to the Chicago Bears. He uh, That cartoon thing they were doing in 2018, or the comic book thing, I should say, uh, in 2018, that comic book character of him uh, was taken down now it's just the regular Allen Robinson his personal brand uh, logo there's no mention of him being a Chicago Bear wide receiver 
uh, anymore. I don't know if that's changed in the last couple of days. I haven't gone back to check. All I know is that on Tuesday, that was the word. And then later on Tuesday afternoon, it was kind of circulating that Robinson has asked the Bears for a trade. Um, no longer, you know, uh, or just unhappy with the contract negotiations between himself and uh, and 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 the organization, uh, thinking maybe he would be a better fit uh, somewhere else. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed, and on when because Tuesday is the off day, so he wasn't in the facility or didn't have practice or anything like that. So Wednesday, when we're back in the facility, he said he had a talk with uh, with Matt Nagy, and he does expect to finish the season in chicago the last of his three-year deal that he signed back in 2018 and uh he's hopeful that the situation will take care uh, of itself and when he was asked about whether or not he asked for a trade he was kind of he was kind of uh of kind of avoiding the question kind of just talking about you know we're ready to go forward here and 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 so on and so forth but his his um agent was on twitter um saying that um he didn't ask for a trade and he's never wavered and, and robinson actually said this as well never wavered from the fact that he's he loves the city of chicago he loves the organization he came here to play for matt Nagy, and he wants to continue uh to do that he just wants to get paid and who can blame him he's been our lone bright spot in uh the two years that he's been on the football team and he did some pretty outstanding things this past sunday to start off his third year uh in chicago as well i mean last year he was literally the only person who was better in 28 2019 than he was in in 2018 and um you know had 90 something catches over a thousand yards and despite what we were putting on the field offensively last year he was able to stand out in a major way and it was a shame an absolute shame that he didn't make the pro bowl last year for everything that he did to stand out to be the only offensive target and still be able to produce week in and week out for us uh, it was a, an absolute travesty that he was not elected uh, to the pro bowl last year so let's hope that uh, ryan pace can uh, get it figured out and put ink to uh, paper and get Robinson locked up to be in Chicago where he wants to be and where we as Bear fans want him to stay. So I don't think anyone out, anyone who's a Bear fan would say, ah, let him go. You know, we don't need Robinson, man. You know, it's like, no, it's we want to hang on to Allen Robinson. We want to keep that guy around. He worked out fantastically. You know, it was a, we were taking a chance on him. We brought him in in 2018 coming off the ACL injury. It had been a couple of years since his – you know since his great season back in uh in 2015 and despite uh you know still still kind of recover because it takes almost a year and a half or so to fully recover from those knee injuries uh torn acls and such and the bears had the great advantage that robinson's injury had occurred like week one in 2017 so by the time we kicked off the season against green bay in 2018 he had been almost a full year since his uh since his injury so last year he came in was better than he was the year before and uh he's been everything that we needed him to be he is a legit number one receiver and i believe he's top five in the league he's in the discussion i mean top 10 if you want to be you know if you want to be stingy about it at least there's no way you could say he's not a top 10 receiver in this league and he deserves to be paid like one so 
like I said, hopefully that is something that will uh, fix itself and uh, we can all rest easy and uh, Ryan Pace can uh, get back to batting a 1,000 on no-brainer contract extensions because this is the no-brainer of no-brainers, and this is the one that he's he's having trouble with. Come on, Ryan. You know, you're on the hot seat, bro. You don't want to blow this one, okay? So get this one right. Like I said, putting to paper, get Allen Robinson locked up, keep him where he belongs. Uh, another news was announced today, actually, on Thursday. Um, the 130 names were listed as uh, Hall of Fame finalists, so the first round uh, of guys that are um, eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2021. Three of our beloved Chicago Bears on the list. Olin Krutz, a guest on this show last year. Uh, Lance Briggs and Peanut Tillman were among the 130 names listed, highlighted by Peyton Manning and uh, Megatron himself, that old thorn in our side, uh, Calvin Johnson. So it should be interesting to see uh, how far these guys make it i mean i know that we would all believe that we all believe these guys are worthy of consideration and uh at the very least should make it deep into the process uh before the uh you know for lack of a better term for the for the fat gets trimmed and uh we get our we get our class now i don't know if they're going to do the same thing this year that they did last year because remember when we were talking to emory moorhead this year in 2020 was going to be a larger class because they're trying to get some of those um like those older um guys that have been eligible into the hall like there'll be a lot more senior um choices this year like there were going to be at least 10 or more guys something like that named to the hall this year Jimbo Covert uh, among those that was going to make it into the hall uh this year before COVID postponed that for us uh and everything so I wonder if they're going to do the same thing if there'll be more guys going in this year. But I think that these guys are, you know, our guys, Crutes and Briggs and Tillman would still be a quote-unquote modern guys. So they would have to make it among the, the the five or six that would normally get selected. And then other, uh, you know, for, you know, senior players would uh, would add to uh, to pad the total, get more guys in that should already be in. So, but uh, that was nice to hear today. Crutes, Briggs, Tillman, among the uh, 130 named to be eligible for this year's Hall of Fame class. Now, on to injury news. Um, it's positive this week. Um, Khalil Mack uh, limited both days, Wednesday, Thursday, with the knee injury. That was kind of bothering him last week, but he played uh, against the uh, Lions. Could explain why he was having difficulty pushing off on that uh, knee last week. However, uh, the guy that did not practice at all, Robert Quinn, with the ankle injury, has practiced limited both days this week. So that's a sign in the right direction that we might actually get to see him make his Bears debut this Sunday against the Giants. Ted Ginn and Jimmy Graham were both out. Uh, were both given veteran days off yesterday. Both practiced full go today. And Akeem Hicks was held out of practice today with an illness. So very ominous you know thing in in the current world that we're living in but uh no one's saying he's tested positive for anything so we're just guessing it's just a regular bug or something maybe some stomach flu i mean akeem is a big guy after all maybe he had a one too many burritos on taco tuesday and uh didn't handle it too well so who knows but uh anyway so we might get to see robert quinn this week that is uh something that i am uh looking forward to seeing 
uh, especially against the opponent that we have this week in the Giants, who had great difficulty uh, defending the pass rush of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, um, you know, I got, our guys are just a shade older than T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, but are just as good. They're just as good as getting to the quarterback uh, when it needs to be done. So looking forward to seeing what that looks like if we do, in fact, get Robert Quinn to uh, play some football for us on Sunday. Now, finally, before we get to our keys to the game, I got an email on Tuesday. Now, I love it when you guys email me, you send me messages. It's uh, Chicago Bears Review at uh, Yahoo.com. I know it's not the name of the show anymore, but that's the email address. Um, and it's from a dickhead named Cole Hannigan. And let's, you know, it was like, Larry, I've listened to you. For more years than I care to remember and have always valued your opinion as you gave an independent perspective that was rooted in your fanaticism for the Bears. Disappointed and dismayed that you have bought into the Mitch is a bust, let's play Nick Foles, um, who he notes that uh, was beaten out by uh, Gardner Minshew last year. Not true. He got hurt, but whatever. Uh, never seen you as a sheep, and this is where it goes off the rails, Never seen you as a sheep, but you have fallen into the idiotic narrative spawned in the hot take asshole Chicago media and then echoed nationwide. I remind you, and this is where he starts to mansplain to me now, I remind you that Mitch took us to the playoffs in his first full season in 2019. It was 2018, actually, but whatever. He had possibly the worst play caller I've ever seen in the NFL calling his plays, an offensive line which afforded less protection than a revolving door. Zero functional tight ends until the last four or five games, and receivers that would give up on routes or run wrong, run wrong run wrong route. There's a tongue twister for you. Run wrong routes on him. I'll also remind you that Trubisky had a short college career, then came into the NFL under a coach that was more interested in golfing than winning football games, then was handed a rookie head coach who proceeded to undercut his confidence at every turn by not calling plays that accent his strengths, living out his lost NFL career through Mitch like some jealous dad. Wow. Nagy has been the problem in Chicago. Great coach, terrible play caller, and horrible at game planning. Uh, hopefully this improves this year. Now he respects the coaches he has around him. Some QBs don't attain their true ceiling till their fifth or sixth year in the NFL. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about there. Uh, please get off the naysayer train and stop being a sheep like 99% of the Chicago media and 98% of the fan base. He is a young quarterback. He has all the tools, and I think this was, this was my favorite thing. He has all the tools, and I think his face just looks scared when he's concentrating, to be honest. <laughs> please get your indie voice back. Okay, first of all, Cole Hennigan, fuck you, okay? I am not a sheep, never have been a sheep, and you know what? For someone who says he's been listening to the show uh, for so many years, apparently you haven't been because everybody caught shit from me last year. Everybody, from Nagy to the offensive line to uh, the tight ends and our you know lack of production, the whole night, nobody was outside of my wrath last year it wasn't all mitch mitch was a part of the problem he was a big part of the problem 
and it was a domino thing it was it was the chicken and the egg which comes which came first you know is mitch bad because the offensive line is bad is the offensive line bad because they've got a lousy quarterback uh behind him who's misreading things and and not making the right calls at the line of scrimmage uh, is it the running game that's slowing all of this down are, are the receivers the problem dropping passes and so on and so forth it was all of it it was all of it and i was harping on mitch last year okay and i stuck with mitch last year i stuck with him last year okay but this is year four year number four he started most of his rookie season he was the man in 2018 he was the man in 2019 and here we are you know in 2020 year three in this offense with Nagy. okay he's the incumbent in this quarterback competition that he wins he wins the job and matt Nagy says he's got improved footwork improved accuracy he's out there he's running the offense he knows it like the back of his hands, and then he pulls that shit that he did in the first three quarters on Sunday, and I'm supposed to keep backing him. Are you nuts? We, we, who's got the patience to watch him work it out on the field, costing this team wins for the fourth year in a row? No way, man. No fucking way. Especially when we know we have a solid to better option on the bench. The last two years, our other option was Chase Daniel. Let's stick with Mitch because we know Mitch is the better quarterback here. But is Mitch better than Nick Foles? Their track record says no. Their resume says absolutely not. But Mitch won the job. He's the incumbent, and he didn't do a fucking thing in those first three quarters to keep his job. Not one thing in those first three quarters. The ball was sailing all over the place. He was inaccurate. He's throwing off his back foot. It's like, where the fuck was the great footwork and and improved accuracy? It didn't exist in the first three quarters. It was not there. So, of course, at halftime, when we're losing to the Lions, the team that has been Mitch Trubisky's bitch in his career is bitching us out week one. Give, and I'm yeah, oh, man, Mitch is doing great. No, he's not. He's 8 for 20 at halftime. And, and in some cases, we were lucky that we got the 8 that we got. So don't fucking sit there and tell me that I'm a sheep, okay? I've got eyes. I've been watching it. I've been backing this guy all this time, and here we are in year number four. Year number four. I mean, hell, the Bears have given up on him. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He's done after this year unless he performs, and he needs to string a lot more of those fourth quarters together if he wants to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears in year number five. I'm no fucking sheep, okay? So I'd write this guy back, basically telling him to go fuck himself, and his response Jesus, bro, I am a legit fan of your work, plus you make me laugh almost every show. I wonder if he's fucking giggling now. Didn't mean it to come off like an attack. Oh, no, you know, that's, yeah, just calling me a sheep and, and uh, you know, all that. Yeah, no, that's not an attack at all. Just sick of people ragging on number 10. <laughs> he needs to fucking play better. If you don't want people ragging on number 10, I truly think the deer in... <laughs> 
He says it again. That was my. F- he says it again. I truly think that deer in headlights look he gets sometimes is just how he looks when he's concentrating. Yeah, sure. I also look terrified when I'm trying to figure something out. Anyway, I don't want to trouble you further. And this is where, this is where my my uh, my angst and my anger is coming from. Because maybe some of you think I'm overreacting, but then he throws this in here. Um, anyway, I won't trouble you further, as it sounds like you're on your myriad. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So that's so it's crazy that I would you know talk back to a condescending piece of shit like this. Call it because I'm 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 on my myriad because I had the nerve to clap back at him when he called me a sheep. I'll keep listening. I'd prefer you didn't, Cole. Find another fucking podcast to listen to. All right? Unfucking believable. Been listening to me since I was on Podbean. Well, I appreciate that, but you can go straight to fucking hell. And um, that goes for the rest of you. Honestly, I've been doing this show for 13 years. This is season number 14. My first year was back in 2007 and I have never been anything other than myself on this show that's why a lot of you are still here I don't have a large following but it's a very loyal one and I love every one of you guys for that okay but any of you that feel like this you can follow this asshole right out the fucking door I am my own person this is my voice on my show and the fact that I've quote unquote fallen into line on the Mitch thing, I fought it as long as I fucking could. Okay? But having said that, I'll also say this. He was amazing in the fourth quarter. So he's going to be our starter week two. He earned that. He earned another shot by bringing us back from the brink and getting a W when it looked like that was the last thing that was going to happen on Sunday. He looked fantastic in the fourth quarter. I said that before this dickhead even emailed me. I said that on the review show. I said that in the knee-jerk reactions while I'm sitting there in that fucking restaurant watching this whole thing go down. Eight for 10, 89 yards, three touchdowns. Jesus Christ, man. Thank God. We needed him to step up, and he did. But we're not going to be able to do this week in and week out. We're not going to have the Giants and the Lions to start, you know, we don't have eight matchups apiece against these guys. You know, like I said, our first quote-unquote test comes next week when we play the Falcons. They're better than the Giants. We know that. And then we have the Colts, who struggled against Jacksonville. But, you know, we're not going to be able to get away with this week in and week out. We can't sit there and wait for Mitch to figure it out in the fourth quarter. He's got to be better from snap one to the end. I mean, we continue to trend that was so ugly in 2019, which was this offense doesn't score points. In the first half, we had six points in the first half against the Lions uh, on Sunday, continuing a tradition that was that mired 2019. It held us back all along, was that we were playing from behind. I mean, that's what made us so good in 2018, was we were a first-strike kind of offense. We put points on the board early and gave that ferocious defense of our a lead to protect. Now, or in 2019, and this past Sunday against the Lions, we got them out there trying to get us the ball back because we're playing from behind. And if Mitch is going to play like he did in the first three quarters, I don't want him out there anymore. We got Nick Foles. We know what we have in Nick Foles. Fuck waiting for Mitch to figure it out. Put Foles out there, and we'll be in a much better much better position. Period. 
but he's going to be our quarterback week two. Honestly, I don't have a problem with that after what he did in the fourth quarter. He doesn't need to be as brilliant week in and week out as he was in the fourth quarter, but we need to see more fourth quarter-like performances every quarter instead of him saving that shit for the end trying to make a miraculous comeback uh, or something because, you know, the leash has to be shorter this week. Like, if he's playing like that, he can't come out at halftime as the starter. Nick Foles has to be given a chance. He has to be. So that's what I'm saying. So if that's what the rest of the media is out there saying, then oh well. If that makes me a sheep, then fuck it. I'm a sheep. So, you know, but uh, it's like don't ever accuse me of just towing the line with everyone else because that's what everyone else is saying. I have never done that. I have never done that. That's what I took as the insult. So, Cole Hennigan, you can kiss my fat, fuzzy ass. You want to keep listening? You're welcome. If you don't, I won't fucking miss you. So, anyway, now that that's done with, let's uh, <laughs> let's go on to our keys of the game and uh, what I believe the bar beloved need to do in order to come away with the victory this Sunday against the Giants. Hey, guys, taking a quick break uh, to uh, thank our sponsors one again, once again at Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online the go is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there is one thing you can control, and that is shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat, man. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame the summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. And with that information, let's get back to our show. All right, 
right, this week's keys to the game. Uh, I'm going to give credit to Ryan Dunleavy uh, for these because he kind of gave them to me when uh, we were talking uh, yesterday. And, um, you know, because he mentioned that the, the just watching the, the Giants in training camp, the two things that he was worried about going into week one against the Steelers was their inability to cover and their inability to block. And those became two glaring weaknesses uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. They had trouble blocking for uh, pass blocking for um, Daniel Jones. And, um, you know, he didn't expect them to have as much difficulty in the run game as they did. But Saquon Barkley had six yards on 15 carries, which is historic in a way for, you know, that kind of production to get like point four yards uh, a carry in, in a football game. It's, it's not easy to do. So uh, especially for a kid as dynamic and strong as Saquon Barkley, but the point was key number one in the in in for this game for the Bears and the Giants is that the defensive line. Two things actually. Number one, we have to be first at the point of attack. We have to be first because if you go back and you look at the highlights of that game uh, for the Steelers and the Giants, all of those runs where Saquon Barkley got negative uh, yardage and everything like that before Daniel Jones has put the ball in Saquon Barkley's breadbasket, there's at least one or two defenders on the giant side of the line of scrimmage waiting for him. And that's the kind of thing that we need to see from the Bears because we definitely didn't see it from them against the Lions uh, on Sunday, which brings us to the second one for the for the run defense, which is to maintain gap discipline. Because I was watching the... Um, the Bears show or recap show, I forget what it's called, on NBC Sports Chicago with, uh, with Dave Kaplan and uh, Briggs, Kroots, and uh, Alex Brown. And that's what um, Briggs was saying was that there are a lot of guys who are out of their gaps. You know, they weren't staying where they were supposed to be, and that's why Adrian Peterson was able to gash the defense the way that he was uh, doing so on, uh, on Sunday. Is that, uh, you know, it's like if you go back and you ask these guys, a lot of them will tell you, yeah, I was not in my gap or I was not where I was supposed to be uh, on that play. And that's why Adrian Peterson's four yard run became a 26 yard run uh, and things like that. So we need to maintain gap discipline and we need to be first on the line of scrimmage because that was just something. And that's in pass blocking and that's in the pass defense and and, uh, you know, defending the run and, and rushing the passer. We got to be across the line of scrimmage. We got to be first. We got to be explosive off of the uh, off of the football because the Giants had trouble with it. Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt coming off the line of scrimmage, Cam Hayward clogging up the middle and things like that. They had all kinds of trouble with that on Monday, and thus led to Saquon's uh, historically bad performance uh, on uh, on Monday night. And as Ryan uh, was telling us that um, you know Daniel Jones had a uh, history in, in college and uh, last year uh, as well in his, uh, in his rookie season of uh, turning the football over, you know, getting hit in the backfield, losing the football, you know, fumbling and things like that. Hell, we saw Khalil Mack do it against the Giants uh, last year. He was able to get around the, uh, around the edge on, on Nate Solder last year and uh, jar one loose uh, for the Bears and, uh, you know, ended up being a scoring position or scoring possession for the uh, – for the Bears. He came around the edge, slapped the ball out of his hands. The Bears got inside the red zone. I don't remember if it was a field goal or a touchdown. Knowing our offense, it was probably a goddamn field goal. But, 
nonetheless, those are the opportunities that we created for ourselves last year because Daniel Jones has a trouble hanging on to the football when he gets hit in the pocket. So, you know, we need to be first, first off the line of scrimmage, first across and playing on their side of the line of scrimmage because they didn't handle it well and Saquon did not have a good day uh, because of it. Uh, the other big key would be, uh, as you said, uh, as Ryan said, their inability to cover. Ben Roethlisberger was able to pick them uh, apart in the passing game uh, on Monday night, which means Mitch has to be fourth quarter Mitch for all 60 minutes, not just the last 15. Uh, whatever it was that started to go right for him, whether he was just seeing the field better and he had finally settled down, great. I'm all for that. I absolutely am. If we can see fourth quarter Mitch on a more consistent basis, okay, because the big problem with Mitch, my big problem with Mitch is that he loses more than he wins. You know, whether it become whether it's it's the choices that he makes, the throws that he makes, things like he loses more than he wins. You know, wide open Demetrius Harris sails it over his head. Wide open Ted Ginn running to the inside, he throws it behind him. Um, his decision to, I mean, it ended up working out. Thank God. God bless uh, Allen Robinson for making that bananas catch that he made. But if you go back and you run that play again, throw it to Jimmy Graham, who literally doesn't have anyone near him within 15 yards in any direction. Okay. That could have been a huge play, possibly a touchdown uh, for Graham if Mitch gets it to him. That's where that ball was supposed to go. I'm guessing that if we could sit down with Coach Nagy and ask him, the way that this play is designed, where's the ball supposed to go? The way that it opened couldn't have been any more perfect. I mean, I just, you could probably see, you know, Nagy creaming in his pants. Why? Like, there it is. There it is. There it is. And he throws it into double coverage to Allen Robinson, who has to make a circus catch uh, to bring it down. Okay. He loses more than he wins. And in the fourth quarter, he won more than he lost. He was eight for 10. He was throwing dimes all over the field, including the game winner to Anthony Miller. Like I said in the knee-jerk reaction, he saved his best throw for last. And we need to have more throws like that. I don't need him to be picture-perfect with every throw, but like I said, I need him to win more than he loses. That's progress, okay? That was the thing that drove me nuts in 2019. That's the thing that drove me nuts all day on Sunday until the fourth quarter is that he loses more than he wins, whether it's his decision-making or his accuracy or whatever you want to call it. He lost way more than he won in the first three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, he remembered that he was an NFL quarterback and started playing at an NFL level. And it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see. We can see that guy more consistently. Not every single down, not every single I'm not an idiot. Okay? More consistently. Okay, winning more than he's losing, I could be, I'd be fine with Mitch staying out there and sleeping very, very well, knowing that if all goes sideways, we got Nick Foles in the bullpen. So, I mean, that was the other thing about this year was that that's why I was kind of more for the competition than bringing in a Cam Newton or, or anybody like that that's going to be the starter immediately was I wanted Mitch to have one more chance, Cole Hennigan. I wanted Mitch to have that chance because one of two things was going to happen. He was either going to step up and win the job, which is apparently what happened, or the backup was going to be our quarterback. Either way, we were going to be better at quarterback than we were in 2019. That's it. That was the thought. 
And that's what we're looking at now because either Mitch is going to step up and be the guy that wants to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears beyond this season or he's going to play like shit. He's going to lose his job and we're either going to be shopping for a new quarterback in the offseason or Nick Foles is going to be our guy. We're going to draft somebody uh, or whatever the situation is. As far as 2020 is concerned, if Mitch shits the bed in the first three, like he did in the first three quarters against Detroit, Nick Foles is going to get a shot. That's all there is to it. And either way, we'll be better than we were in 2019 because the other option was Chase Daniel, who could really only do you favors in very short bursts. So either way, we're better at quarterback in 2020 than we were last year, regardless of which option we end up doing this year. So, But if we see any more performances in the first three quarters or like we did in the first three quarters of the Detroit game, I don't know how long Nagy's going to be patient with that. Uh, I hope he's uh, less patient than he's been if we come out struggling against the Lions uh, on Monday because it's going to be up to Mitch. It's up to Mitch what happens to Mitch. It really is. So, I mean, after what I saw on Sunday, you know, not putting the ball in the right place, sailing it over people's heads, throwing it behind them, putting him in bad positions and things like that, that's 2019 Mitch, and I'm not interested in watching that guy play anymore. I am not interested in watching him play anymore okay so that's why i was done at halftime uh of the uh of the lions game i was like i'm not interested in watching this guy struggle about while we have a championship defense that is being wasted on the other side of the ball so get him the fuck out of there and let let give no get Foles uh, a chance let's see what happens with him but then the fourth quarter happened I'm like all right if this is the guy that we're going to get on a more consistent basis, I'm all for Mitch being our quarterback. I'm all for being there. He's my quarterback. He's the quarterback of my team. I'll support him. But if he's going to go out there and play, play sh- that's that's a sheep, is supporting the guy whether he's playing well or not. Fuck that. Okay? No way. He's not going to sit there and shit the bed like he did in 2019 and I'm be like, okay, Mitch, good job, buddy. Let's keep, you know, uh, no, no, no. We have a better option on the bench. Put him in there. Let's see how this goes. Okay, let's see if it's any different. Let's see if it's better because we know how this goes. We watched him pissed it down his leg all of 2019 and here he is doing it again in 2020. No, thank you. No, thank you. Okay, like the window in the NFL is so small. And hell, for all we know, the window got shut closed when Cody Parkey double doinked it against Philadelphia in the wild card game. Okay, but we have this defense that is being wasted because it's not getting anything back from its offense. And it starts with the quarterback. So Mitch has to be better and Mitch has to be better on Sunday if we're going to take advantage of this football team that Ryan Dunleavy, a beat writer for the Giants who spends all of his time with the Giants, says they can't cover. And we saw that in evidence on Monday against the Steelers. Who's to say we couldn't do the same thing? And, uh, you know, we know that Big Ben knows where to how knows where and how to put the football. We watched him do it uh, on Monday. Mitch can do the same thing. He does have all the tools. He can make all the throws. That's why he was the number two pick in the draft. Ryan Pace is not the only guy that thought Mitch, Mitch Trubisky was worthy of being the number one quarterback in the 2017 class. He's not. He's just the one who pulled the trigger on it. 
Okay. But many scouts, including like Mike Mayock and uh, what's his name? Todd McShay from ESPN had Mitch ranked number one ahead of Mahomes and Watson. Okay. So regardless of that short college career that Cole Hennigan reminded us about, they still had him ranked ahead the other two guys that have been monsters in their first three years. The, the Texans and the Chiefs didn't have to wait five or six years for them to realize their potential. And we as Bear fans and the Chicago Bear organization shouldn't have to wait until five, year five or year six for Mitch to figure it out. This is not the 80s. This is not how it's done in the NFL anymore. It's, it's go big or go home. If you're going to play like this, you can go play for somebody else. So, yeah, we need to come out on Sunday, take advantage of this uh, team that can't cover very well uh, in the passing game because we know the if uh, this past Sunday was any indication, we shouldn't have any issues running the football. And, um, you know, the, the Steelers ran the ball very well uh, against the, uh, the Giants this past Monday. Benny Snell, who I think is their second or third uh, running back, had like 130 yards rushing against the uh, – 113 I think something like that he had over 100 yards uh against the uh against the Giants on Monday so I could see David Montgomery having a big game against these guys if we block against the Giants the same way we did against the uh Lions you know so it's like after the first four quarters I'm all in on Juan Castillo being the cure-all for the offensive line because you know we pretty much had the same five guys out there that we did last year and we looked a hell of a lot better David Montgomery is, uh, you know, getting about two, three yards into the, into the, into the defense before his first contact, and even Tariq Cohen is running between the tackles and not getting touched until he's on in the second level of the defense. So, fuck yeah, Juan Castillo, great job, bud. You know, <laughs> fantastic. I'm sold. You know, small sample size, only one game, but hey, I'm in. That's what it's going to look like. That's we're going to be. We're we're already better on offense than we were last year so now we just need mitch to get his shit together and be fourth quarter mitch more times than he's not and we'll have ourselves an offense guys we will have an outstanding offense if we do it like that okay but like i said mitch has got to win more than he loses and for the majority of his career including the first three quarters of that lions game he lost a fuck ton more than he won and that's why i wanted him on the bench and see what number nine can do so there you have it so be first at the line of scrimmage in the past, past defense, rush defense. Hell, do it. be first at the line of scrimmage for our running game as well. I want those guys to keep blocking the way they did uh, against the Lions, open some things up for David Montgomery, see what this guy can do, turn him loose uh, on the Giants. And, uh, you know, Mitch needs to be better uh, on Sunday, take advantage of this uh, secondary that uh, – the, the beat writer of the team we're playing says can't cover. That was one of his major concerns, and uh, he got to see it <laughs> come to life uh, on, on Monday night against the, uh, against the Steelers. So this should be a win for us on Sunday. I have no doubt that we can pull that off uh, against the Giants when the schedule came out. I figured the worst that we could do in the first four games, honestly, was another 3 and one start, you know, though game on the road at atlanta we'll see about what goes there we're at home against the colts who did not play well last week against the jaguars 4-0 is not out of the realm of possibility but to be 4-0 we got to get to 2-0 first so we do those things we follow the keys 
I think we'll be all right. We'll come away with our second W in our second game uh, of the year. Wouldn't that be nice? So anyway, guys, that is uh, going to do it for the week two preview of the Bears Talk Underground. We will be back on Monday. Bear up and bear down awards from this game between the Bears and the Giants. Who's going to get the game balls? Who's going to make the list? Who's going to make my shit list and get a bear down? Let's uh, let's all come back on Monday and find out. So, uh, and uh, then we'll uh, we'll do the the full review, knee jerk reactions and such on Tuesday. Uh, Thursday will be our interview. We're gonna have the What's Up Falcons guys from the uh, from Armchairs. Uh, it'll be a crossover episode, if you will, because the Armchair has a Falcon show. We're gonna have those guys on the show to preview part one of the preview, and then next Friday it'll be me previewing the matchup keys to the game injury reports news and notes so on and so forth hopefully i won't be telling another one of my loyal listeners to go fuck themselves next week so let's try and avoid that huh guys anyway that's gonna do it for the week two preview we'll see you guys on monday until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.